this week on the Forum. It is sad in uh, Montreal Canadiens fandom right now on Habs Twitter. It's been a rough week. They just had one of maybe the worst losses, really, I remember as far as regular season losses, coughing up a 4 nothing lead. We're obviously going to talk about that, what it means. Do we need to blow things up? Is the season, are we losing it, or do we just need to calm down? We're going to talk about the games that are upcoming, of course. Some news about the Rocket, some news about prospects, and uh, we have some fan questions again on Twitter, so thank you, as always, for that. As always, you can ask these questions on our Twitter feed, at the Habs Forum. So... Three games since our last podcast, Dustin. Three losses. Not only three losses. All three games, the Canadians had the lead and coughed it up. Yep. And, and three games that, at least on paper, looked like the Habs should definitely have won all three of the games. I mean, we said it at the beginning of, well, on the last show, you know, they, they, the Habs should win three games this week. And they walk out of this week with one point. Not only just one point, but the way that they, lo- that they lost these games. Yeah. And the way that they lost on Saturday... It's it's gonna be tough. I and mean, now the thing they, is, is the schedule's only getting harder now. It's it's thing. been a very light schedule in November, and now in December, like you look at the December schedule, and it almost looks like the entire month they're on the road. So it's gonna be extremely rough December. I mean, I, I don't by by the time the new year comes, I don't think the Canadians are in the playoff spot anymore. But so the, the week started off with a game against Columbus, who they had played just a week prior. And the thing is, however, you. The coughing up the, the the leads is bad. I will say though, against Columbus and Ottawa, they did look like the better teams. Yeah, especially but, against Columbus. I yeah, think. yeah, definitely. But against Columbus, it just it, one of those things. The, the the final score makes it look worse than it actually was, given how it kind of played out towards the end of the game. But at the end of the day, there was no finish. There's and and it, which is crazy because the two people that scored were Lekkinen and Armia. Armia hadn't scored in like I think thirty million games, even though he started <laughs> on fire. And we all know how Lekkinen can. Although lately he's been one of the few bright spots, uh, surprisingly. But had the lead two one midway through the game, and then just Columbus ties it up uh, in in the second and the third, just like back to back to back goals, and that's it. Game over. I mean, yes, we looked better, but then like. It just keeps happening, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the Canadians, they always seem to show up against the better teams. I mean, we beat Boston. We beat St. Louis twice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think St. Louis has, like, three regulation losses this year, and two of them are against us. Yeah, and more recently, the Washington game, which was phenomenal. The Washington game. Yeah. They played amazing. Um, and then and then every time they play these bottom-feeding teams, it's just they – I don't know if it's just they don't show up or they're not getting the, the bounces – going their way. I mean, I think that's what it was against Columbus. I mean, I don't think they necessarily played a bad game. Um, I mean, they just they couldn't capitalize on the chances they had, only scoring two goals. And, you know, unfortunately, by the end of the game, it caught up to them. So, but I mean, but definitely a, strong game they team, a strong team figures out how to win that, that game. You know, the, the, there's something there where you got to figure out how to make it work, make it happen, and just keep your your foot on the pedal the whole time. Because it almost seemed like, yes, sure, they maybe deserved to matter after a few uh, periods. I mean, I, there were some weird calls, too, from the rest of this game again. But like, a good team, a team that makes the playoffs and makes some noise in the playoffs, just that eventually it just figures itself out and, and they win. For the Canadians, when, when, is it, when I'm watching a game with this team right now and it's going where they look good, but they only have a one nothing lead or it's tied... This it, to me, it feels like a game we're about to lose. That that's the vibe I have with this team. Versus in the past, there's been other teams we've had where 
we could be down a goal. I'd be like, oh, no, no, this team has got this. this team, but I, I just don't feel that confident about this team right now. It's true. I mean, especially with the week that they just had. Um, I mean, the, how many times have they given up a lead this season? And, I mean, against, again, I mean, uh, the, like you said, all week they were, they were giving up the leads against teams that they should have beat. Uh, and that's the thing. Unfortunately, they, you know, they, they haven't been able to capitalize on the opportunities. I mean, obviously they scored a lot of goals against the Rangers, but they – you know they they'll they'll be in a, like they had the lead there against Columbus and they just weren't able to to close it down and I mean like you said that's a good team is going to be able to shut down a team especially I mean Columbus isn't exactly uh, you know the Capitals out here they don't have that of much course. offensive power but I mean to give up that many goals to give up five goals against Columbus you know when you had the lead really disappointing and uh, it was obvious also after the game. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that, uh, I mean, it's obviously not a coincidence, it was a choice, but Price almost never plays back-to-back games, mm-hmm. especially con- considering one, one was in Columbus, the other one at home, so there was travel in between the games. I think this was Carey Price insisted on playing against Ottawa. He was not happy with his performance against Columbus. He had had a few strong games. Like, he had been playing pretty, pretty well since the beginning of the month, Price, mm-hmm. I would say. And then he had a great performing performance against Ottawa. But the team just couldn't score. Yeah, I mean, like, and now Ottawa's a team that the Canadians just they can't. They have to be the Ottawa. Like that's just they're, they're, that you look at that roster, and sure, they've actually been surprising a lot of teams this year. The Canadians are not the only team that should be better than Ottawa that's losing against them. And it's the NHL. There's parity and blah blah blah. But still, at home against Ottawa, and that OT goal, it's like it was so bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, another another tough loss to swallow. Back to back. I mean, it, you know, it was obviously back to back games. I mean, it's never easy the second night, but I mean, again, against a bottom feeding team, they just weren't able to capitalize on the chances they had. Again, they didn't look that bad. They it wasn't like they played a really bad game, but again, not capitali- capitalizing on their chances really hurt them. And I think I mean we're we're definitely seeing how how important Jonathan Drouin and and even Paul Byron to a certain extent see, how important they are. See, I would argue that this week has nothing to do with Jonathan Drouin not being there. The, really? Because the, I, I don't I don't think like first of all he had slowed down and the, okay sure the Ottawa game maybe we could have used more finish and all that but like the 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 big issue here I mean what we we, we were getting to right now is is the Rangers game and it, that's about defense. Like, yeah, Dwayne's not the guy who would have made the difference in in, in that no, it's game, true. Right, but, but I thought the first two games. I mean, when when you take take out one of, I mean, the Canadians do have four lines that could score, but now if you're taking out Dwayne out of the lineup and even Byron to a certain extent, oh, for sure. At this point, you only basically have two lines that can score, and then Kukinami's yeah. playing with two guys that, that just don't have any finish. Even though, I mean, Lekkinen did have three goals this year or this um, this week. No, but no, but Lekkinen was playing. Yeah, he was playing with Domi, with Domi and, and Suzuki. And yeah, Suzuki and, and Kukinami was playing game. with Udon and Armia. I mean, the Udon experiment. I can't believe he wasn't sent down after the Rangers game. I mean, he ended minus minus three. Oh, he was sent down. Oh, he was sent down. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh, my apologies. I'm, 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 but he keeps, I'm well, he keeps going up. Yeah, I mean, yeah he's that's probably going to come back. He's going to come but, back, right? Because he was at practice today, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I. Th- because he gets know. sent was down, it? and yeah. like, but it doesn't mean like he's literally going to Laval every time he's sitting down. Well, I don't right? think he can get. He, I don't. Pretty sure he can't practice with the oh. team. Possibly, but but to get back to get like the fourth line right now has been Cousins, Thompson's, and Wheel. And as great as Thompson's been this year, if that's your fourth line, that's a real fourth line. Yeah, no, that's no, not like sure. a fourth line that can. That's a fourth line. Yeah, but, but I mean, at the beginning of the year, they were scoring though. No, but so at the beginning had, of the year, they had, they had Nick Suzuki. Down. They had oh, Nick Suzuki playing with them, right? Now, Wait, Nick, Nick Cousins had a couple of goals. Nate Thompson. 
had a couple of goals. No, I, I I agree, but that's but. wild playing with with Suzuki. You know, like because that's I'm agreeing with you that in the sense that removing that depth of Dwayne yeah. and 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 uh, even Byron, I would say. I mean, Byron would be way better than you don't right now. Like, is there like a question? Uh, yeah. As much as the Byron sure. was, was struggling, I mean, I mean, you don't. Can we just stop? <laughs> like, I, well, I, like, he had. He's been having such a good year in Laval that I mean, he. I thought he deserved the chance. Yeah, he, yeah, but, but I mean, he's deserved the chance before. And the thing is, is he has offensive capabilities, but he's too much of a liability elsewhere on the ice, and his offense is not good enough to compensate for that. Yeah, well, he definitely hasn't seized the opportunity he has that he's got so far here uh, through three games. But, um, yeah, it was uh, not good. <laughs> not good. No, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. That uh, Drouin, obviously, I'm sure, uh, you know, he wasn't he wasn't going to be the factor in the Rangers game. But we definitely, I thought, were missing him early in the week. Yeah, maybe in a, maybe against Ottawa he makes, he makes but, the difference. Uh, yeah, definitely. Obviously, against the Rangers, the offense wasn't really the issue. It was uh, – it was a defense. It was bad. And, I mean, it wasn't just uh, Udon. I mean, I, I always talk uh, greatly about Kutkinyemi, but he had a rough game. Yeah. Uh, got called out by the coach. Uh, he got some power play time. Like, Kutkinyemi ended minus two on the day. Uh, he only played total 11 minutes. Four and a half of those minutes were on the power play. So he only played five and a half, five on five minutes. And ends up with a minus two, and I mean the plus yeah. minus stat overall is not great. If you look at, at it on a single game basis, I think it's a better uh, mm-hmm. representation of maybe what what happened there. At this point, I think his uh, confidence is is shot. Yeah, I mean definitely, it just doesn't seem to work with him, uh, or it's just not working for him. I mean the, his wingers. I mean you know he he obviously he's not playing with the best wingers. His wingers. Or being changed on a frequent basis too. I'm yeah. sure that's not helping. He's the situation, not being but... put in the best situation to succeed. No. I 100 percent agree. But at this point, this is what's being talked about. Would he be better served spending a couple weeks in Laval, Might playing not be a bad idea. playing 20, 25 minutes a game? Maybe not 25, but you know what I mean. Like a playing at, at, at the level of a first line center, yeah. and playing with the best. Maybe send you don't down at the same time with him, you know, and see, mm. you know. Allow him to maybe have a like go on a roll, get get a scoring few goals in. You know, it might help him. It might actually help him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it might. I mean, you know, again, the kid's only nineteen years old. He's he's obviously dealing with some confident issues at the be at this point. I mean, you know, maybe Laval would be the best option. We got the World Juniors coming up soon too. Maybe he goes plays plays for Finland. How often do you see that though? A player that is on the NHL squad. Being sent to the World Juniors, not too often, You're right? Like, it does, it, it, I mean, it happens. I wonder, do you think that would be an easier pill for Kutkinemi to swallow than going to Laval? I think it would be. I think uh, you know, if if you're going down to Laval, you know that you know you 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 messed up pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> not not that not that you know he should see it that way, but like obviously it's going to be an, an extremely bitter pill to swallow. And and I mean, we saw it with Paling this year. Yeah. That when he went when he first went down, he was and he and he said it himself that he you know, his his heart wasn't in it at the beginning of the season. Now he sort of bounced back a little bit more. You mean, but I mean this when is he, was, he said it when he was in Laval his heart yeah. wasn't in it. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. His his heart wasn't in it. I mean he had only played one game in the in the NHL. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kit is a guy that played the what, whole What what season. a game he played though. Yeah, so what I mean, hell of a game, and he but... spent the whole summer hearing uh the hype on Twitter and all that. So yeah. I don't that that'll get to your head quickly. And the thing is is I love Kokinami and I mm-hmm. part of me does think that he kind of was he's being put in a position to fail. 
Yeah, he's he's not I'm, being put in a good position. I mean, he's not without blame here. He the, the the it has to be better than this. But at the same time, like help like at the beginning of the year when he was playing with Dwayne Allen at the start of the year. Yeah. They, it, it was looking good and then there was that one shift where they got stuck on the ice like a minute and a half. Mm. And I forget against who it was, but it, the, the the other team scored and then they and then the game we ended up losing that game and it was definitely the turning point of the game. But it's just that like you can't have a player scared to make a one mistake and then okay that's it you're riding the bench for the whole game like yeah. players can't play that way no for sure i mean uh, yeah they're they're obviously not going to be playing to their full potential if if they are constantly feeling you know feeling their coach behind them breathing down their neck for sure but um yeah i, I don't know maybe i think maybe going to the world juniors could uh, could be a good boost for his confidence and maybe a lesser pill to swallow for him because at this point, I mean, an argument could be made. Dwayne Byron is already out. Can the team afford to to lose? Because, but at the same time, is Kudkiniemi bringing that much to the table? That if you brought up whoever's like, who is it that's killing it in, in Laval right now? Is it was it? Uh... Well, Belzil just got injured. He got a concussion. But uh, I mean, I don't I don't know if you maybe call up Paling. I guess. I mean, Jake Evans has scored a couple of goals. Uh, but, but there's another one I'm blanking on. What's his name? He was like, uh, he was the one who's scoring the most for the for the Rocket recently. Oh, Vedemo. Yeah, Vedemo. Could yeah. be Vedemo. Vedemo yeah, right? could be a good option. Right, as well. like someone like him who, it's it's <clears throat> it's a situation where it's there's a it's a no expectation player, mm-hmm. and you bring him in, and there's it's not going to create drama. No one's going to think he's going to replace Kotkaniemi on the depth chart or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and just some of the, you know, he's going to play hard. It's because players like that, they don't get that many opportunities. No, that's true. So he, that's true. he'll he'll jump on it. And he's earned it. He's earned it with the way he's played this year. So I wouldn't mind giving this him an, an opportunity mm-hmm. and maybe have Paling and Kotkaniemi and, uh, and, and Laval at, at the same time. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are a couple of, couple of options in Laval for sure. If they want to do that, uh, if they do want to go down that route, um, so, but yeah, at this point, I mean, obviously nothing's nothing's really working for Kutchiemi, so we might have to look at those other options. But it's not even just him, though. Obviously, it's, no, it's, no, it's no, the team as a whole. But the, like, we have to look long term at his development. Yeah. No, exactly. And like, I'm only bringing it up in in a situation of I'm not thinking of the team. I'm thinking of the player first in this situation because he's mm-hmm. such an important yeah like future asset for for the team. So if that's what he needs, and like, it's not permanent. You tell no, him that no, you're no, very exactly. obvious. Like, look, like you, you can even call it a conditioning stint if you want. Yeah. You just came back from injury. Yeah, for like a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, ju- just coming back from injury, uh, what like a week or two ago. Um, but yeah, I think I think going to the World Juniors might be the gr- the best thing for him. You know, he gets that opportunity. He's, de- he's going to be playing probably 25 minutes a game uh, for Finland. He's going to be you know probably their go-to guy. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it definitely would be a confidence booster. And then when he comes back, you know, see if see if hopefully that can get and him going. The thing, the great thing about that too, is it's something that you would think he'd be more excited about, obviously, oh, yeah, right? Sure. Than, than, than going to Laval. And you never know if everything goes well. I like, go gets on a run in a short tournament like that. I think it could really t- turn turn the season around for him. Mm-hmm. But it'd be, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I, I think at this point, I'm, I'm I'm open to these types of of uh, possibilities with uh, with Cut Kinyemi. But but lo- looking at the team as a whole, I, I was thinking before the podcast that this feels, this te- this season feels exactly like last year, and I actually looked it up and I looked at our record for the Canadians on November twenty fifth last year. The Canadians were eleven eight and five. The Canadians right now uh, are I had it pulled up right here. 
are 11, 7, and 5. So almost exactly the same thing. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. they had played one more game at that point that the, they, they had lost. So they lose against Boston tomorrow, and it's the, the, the exact same record. Not only that, but if you look at the schedule last year leading into uh, to like where we are right now, they went on a big losing streak. They lost 5-4 against Washington in overtime, a game that they were up by two goals at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Lost 5-2 against against New Jersey. Lost 3-2 against Buffalo. Lost 3-2 against Boston. Big losing streak, and the big thing is the defense was falling apart. What turned it around? It didn't fully turn it around. Obviously, they still missed the playoffs. But on November 27th, yeah. Shea Weber came back. Shea Weber. Yeah, Shea Weber's already there right now. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that change isn't coming. That's true. But that change last year made a huge difference. Oh, yeah, it definitely did. Definitely so did. would a change right now bring that same difference? I mean, you're not going to get another Shea Weber, obviously. No, no, exactly. But is, is there a spark that's needed on this team? That's what happened last year and turned it around. Because if that doesn't happen last year, the team is not almost missing the playoffs. No, it's that's true. missing the playoffs by a lot. And that's it's looking like the same thing right now, but we don't have that thing coming that's going to like kind of save it. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they need some sort of a spark for sure. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It, it, it was really this week. Obviously, has been a huge disappointment. But I mean, I think the season as a whole. I mean, you know, j- when we were talking last week, I think we were both pretty optimistic. Everything but but was I think I think maybe we were being more. I mean, they had just come off rosy eyed because they're going yeah. out. like the thing is the defense, the team mm. defense as a whole has been bad the whole year. No, that's true. That's true, and, and that, that and, was and the issue just, last season too. And then the Rangers games, it just slapped them in the face. Yeah, and I don't see it really getting better. It's it's yeah, but I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? I mean, I I don't think the 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 solution is necessarily gonna be out there in, uh, for a trade. I mean, if if you're gonna go out and trade for a guy that's really gonna be a huge improvement, obviously you're gonna be paying a, a hefty hefty price, especially at this time of the season. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe you can look at a rental down the road, uh, you know, near the trade deadline. But I, I don't I, think there's really if a move. No change is done right now. See, yeah. I'm not saying that we should make a move. I'm just saying yeah. the fans need to understand. I think that th- this is not a team that's ready to, to compete for the playoffs. No, I think last like year it. a little bit of it was was overperforming. If no change happens by the All Star break, we won't be talking about a rental. We'll be talking about what we can get for our rentals. <laughs> you might be right. I mean, well, I think it's it's there's going to be it's 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 going to be pretty important that they come out with a good performance tomorrow. Well, that Boston. that is one the thing. Boston coming to Montreal tomorrow. As much as I hate Boston, I love them because they <laughs> they are my favorite rivalry. Some people say the Leafs. Yeah. I I mean, my fondest memories of Hab games. Like as a early '30s Habs fan has has been against the Bruins. There, it's been a great rivalry in, in, in our time as Habs fans, and it, that's the type of game. A big performance against Boston could really erase. Yeah, exactly. The horrible like loss against against the Rangers. Yeah, so I mean, t- tomorrow is definitely going to be a huge, huge test of character. It is the I mean, return of Yaroslav Halak. Halak. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. That's, I mean, it's not his first time playing against no. Montreal since the the run and all that. But he, he he's been he, he's turned into an excellent backup. He's definitely in, a good backup goalie in, in Boston. Sure. Like and and like more than a backup. He's like, like yeah. he he is the backup, 
but like he can step in and play like a, a big chunk. Like he's mm-hmm. like Keith Kincaid is a backup that isn't going to play that many games versus like a Halak. But Bergeron's not playing, so we'll see. Yeah, so I mean, well, that's that's definitely good news for the Canadians for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, the way that they lost, I mean, not not even just the whole week, but I mean, definitely the loss against the Rangers, extremely demoralizing. So I mean, they they're going to try to come out tomorrow and try to erase the memories as much as they possibly can. Well, because that's the thing. I think the Rangers' loss is making us look at the Ottawa and Columbus loss as being worse than what they were, because those games the Canadians looked like the better team. But yeah, they couldn't but finish. They got to finish. It's not acceptable. But the Rangers' loss was just. Can you think of a worse loss? I I was trying to, and no. Like I mean, in the I playoffs, so. it's one thing. Yeah. Because like emotionally, it's hard to. But like as far as regular season, and like the comparable, <clears throat> is when the Canadians did the exact same thing to the Rangers, except it was five nothing. Yeah. But was it thirteen, fourteen years ago? Was it that long ago? We're pretty old. Uh, it's 12, that's yeah, true. Yeah, eh? yeah, we're pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like 12 years ago. That's yeah. true. So, uh, yeah, I, wow. I like because you, you, you said it right away because when we were together watching the game and it, it, it felt like a season-defining game. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, for sure. As soon as – when they went down – Yeah, you were – When they, when they, when they you went – were, You were real negative real quick. When it was 4-2, like Dude, they scored four back one, to back goals. At 4-1, I think you went, oh, yeah. they're not going to do this. Oh, man. 4-2, I knew I knew it. I See, knew it was going to happen. What, what's even crazy to me, like, losing a 4 nothing lead is, is bad enough. But then to start the third, Lekkanen gets a second of the game. Okay, mm-hmm. right back up to 5-3. So two-goal lead with 15 minutes left yeah. in the game. Yeah. And then to cough it up at that point, cough I mean... And just like pathetic team defense, Price didn't look amazing either. But I don't think he's hundred. He's to blame necessarily. No, no, I mean, no. you'd like to see him be better. He could have been better, but there was. There was but the a team lot of, defense was. There disgusting. were some two on two on ones there. I mean, there was some. There were some of the goals that he had absolutely no shot yeah. on. But I mean, the, the team defense. I mean, I can't remember a word. And not not. It's not only even just the defense. No, no, no absolutely. It's not. like uh, the forwards coming back too, not showing any hustle whatsoever. It was just a terrible, terrible performance. I can't remember a worse loss than that. And let, let's not forget the beginning of the game too. As as good as it looked, getting the four nothing lead, and it's exciting and it's fun. I'm not sure how to say Gregoriev, is that how you say his name? Wasn't having yeah. the best game. No, no, definitely. I mean, I some mean, of those goals, uh, you know, he probably would have liked to have back. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously it was exciting to see the Canadians jump out to a 4 nothing lead, but... but... Not only that, but like, 4 nothing lead, and then Max Domi gets two goals, Lekkanen gets Lekkanen, another goal, yeah. and then it's, it's looking like that line is working, you know, because Suzuki, Domi, and Lekkanen are playing together. So, I mean, that looks like a huge positive. Domi needs to step up. Back to like where he was last yep. year, if the team's gonna succeed, and then for all that to just fall apart completely. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, you know, two guys that you really, especially with Drouin out now, two guys that you really wanted to see score some goals. You yeah. get two goals from Domi. You get two goals from Lekkinen. Everything looked, you know, we were looking good, and then just to fall apart like that, definitely. I mean. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they bounce back tomorrow for sure. And and just to bring up another positive here too, I I continue to be incredibly impressed by Nick Suzuki. Yeah, yeah, probably the probably the only bright spot I would say. Well, I guess Domi and Lekin scoring two goals is pretty good too. Yeah, of, Suzuki, yeah, of course. But but yeah. Suzuki overall, even the, the the whole week, he's just he he's just turned it on to another level. And what's most impressive to me 
is he's been moving from center to wing to wing to yep. center to center to wing as a as a rookie, yep. and it doesn't phase him at all. No, changing. You know, he's going from fourth line to second line, sometimes back. Yeah, yeah playing with Thompson one day, playing with Domi the next. Exactly, day. and I feel like at the beginning of the year we were hyping up Thompson. Nothing against Thompson; he's been fine. Yeah. But was it Thompson playing well, or was it just playing with Suzuki helped him so much? Yeah, I mean, it seems seems like every time Suzuki's on the ice, I mean, yeah. whatever line he's on, that's the, the that's the best line that's performing that night. I mean, that it, it never did I imagine he was going to be nope. this good. No, nope, I, I didn't even think he'd play in the NHL this year. I mean, <laughs> so like, I didn't one. think he was going to start the season in Montreal. I mean, we, we, I kind of thought that. He, he just kind of looked like someone that was doing great in junior, but maybe wouldn't translate to the NHL. But man, he just keeps yeah. adapting, and he's just... yeah, can't believe, can't believe it. But man, definitely a pleasant surprise. I'm glad I was wrong on that one. Yeah, oh, that, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That it's the best best way to be to be wrong is that. And then if you want to talk about the, it's a very competitive uh, rookie race this year. I mean, I mean, even at the beginning of the year when I said he'd be an, a finalist, it was a yeah. stretch. There's no chance he's winning, obviously. Uh, uh, Kale McCarr is... Yeah, Kale McCarr is over a point per game as a defenseman. And even Quinn Hughes, he's got 18 points in 23 games as a, de- as a defenseman. So yeah. it's not not so bad either. But, I mean, Olofsson slowed down. You know, if you're looking at the third spot, you know, then it's Nekash and uh, Mekayev, or I, I don't know how to say his name, uh, from uh, from Toronto. And then it's Suzuki, Capocaco is right below him. But Suzuki, the thing is, he's only got 12 points in 23 games, but... I feel like most of those points have been very recently, where he's yeah. turned he's turning yeah, he's, it on. He's definitely turning it on lately. So I mean, you know, if he could keep it going, I definitely think he's got a shot to. If he's to the get top nominated. vote getting forward of the class, because it looks like top two is going to be the two defensemen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, now how about Quinn Hughes though? He was uh, he was on the board still when uh, Canadians uh, picked cut Kanyemi. That's true. That's true. Can't wait to keep hearing about. It. And then when when Kachuk scored in overtime, I was like, oh. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, whatever. It is what it is. I mean, they're not. They're only nineteen years old right that, now. That's the thing. Like Suzuki is older than Kachuk. Yeah. Right. Let's, let's, older. let's not. Let's not forget that. And, and the situation too for these young players makes a big difference, right? Like if if it was reversed and the Canadians picked Kachuk and Kachuk went, uh, and the Kachuk went to Ottawa, for example, hmm. Kachuk would be playing. First line center exactly. minutes in Ottawa, right? Exactly. It's, it's it's not, not the, the same, same thing. thing. So, yeah, but it, but it's just as when it happens, I'm like, oh, I can just feel my I can feel my phone vibrating from my dad calling me to tell me <laughs> how stupid it was to draft Cod Kinyami. Like I was like, oh god, <laughs> I just. <laughs> well, that's that's one of the things too about Suzuki is that Kinyami he's dealing with all the pressure. Everybody's talking yeah. about him all the time. Suzuki. I mean, yes, you know, everybody's talking about him, but he's definitely flying, sort of, at least to begin the season, was flying under the radar. Well, but the thing is, that with Suzuki, just the reality of how the Canadians got Suzuki. Canadians got Suzuki for Pacioretty. By the end of Pacioretty's tenure in Montreal, he had kind of soured on the fans. Yeah. It kind of felt like he, he wasn't given his all. I mean, he might not have been in the best situation. And then the trade included Thomas Tatar, who last year was phenomenal yeah. already, and he's still great. So... As fans, we already feel like we got a pretty good return for mm-hmm. an impending UFA in just Tatar. Yeah. And Suzuki is just insane, like gravy. It's crazy. Like, it, that trade is insane. <laughs> that is a great trade for sure. I mean, do you, you miss know. Patch Ready at all? No. Uh, no. No. No, not no, at all. No, like you said, I mean, I think most fans were, were 
getting kind of tired of him anyway. I mean, for me, not to get into a whole Pacioretty thing, but the first game the Canadians played against Vegas, and against Pacioretty, and he, I had had not seen him play that hard in years. Oh, yeah. Well, that's Pacioretty. That was like, all right, well, that's it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Bye. Okay, Suzuki, welcome. Tatar, welcome. Yeah. And what, what's the other piece we got? Well, we, we got a second-round pick, Norlander? and we ended up trading for a third Norlander. Okay. And a fifth, uh, Jacob Laguerrier. Well, no, is looking good. So, so Norlander's right. looking pretty good. All right. All right. So, but anyways, yeah. So, like, it's it's hard not to be to go back to the game, to not to feel doom, doom and gloom about this game. But it just feels like one of those games that we're going to talk about at the end of the year. Oh yeah, being, this is. I mean, this... if the Canadians miss the playoffs by you know one or two points, obviously. It's going to come back to that game, but I mean, again, you know, they they got a. It's not an easy week coming up either this week, so it's it's going to be tough. I mean, obviously tomorrow, on you know Tuesday I mean, they're playing Boston. After Boston is it isn't too too bad. It's 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 really because then it's New Jersey, and and it's at home, right? It's a long homestand here because Ottawa was at home, Rangers was at home, and then Boston at home, New Jersey at home. Philadelphia at home, no back-to-backs. I mean, Boston's a tough matchup, obviously, but facing the backup, but it is Halak, but still facing the backup. Their best player in Bergeron's not there. I mean, arguably the best player. Uh, are you sure? Aren't they playing Saturday and Sunday? No, they are playing Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, but so it is a back-to-back. No, no, I'm saying that the next three games, there's no back-to-backs. Because okay. they're playing tomorrow, they're playing Thursday, and they're playing uh, Saturday. So, I mean, they should be able to... I mean, ideally to get a couple of wins against New Jersey and, and Philadelphia, but then December really gets dicey because Sunday against Boston again, but this time in Boston on a back-to-back. The couple home games, and then the, the entire month is almost on the road. It's there's the, there's the, the Western Canada road trip, and then the, the the holidays in Florida road trip, like back-to-back with each other. So. Yeah, we know how the Canadians usually perform yeah. um, out west, and well, especially you know the the Christmas holidays in Florida. Usually not when they uh, play their best hockey. So, so definitely. I mean, that's that's why last week was so important yep. was to build build up some of those points heading into a tougher December. And I mean, they've dug themselves a bit of a hole right now. I mean, obviously they're still in the playoffs right now, but uh, they're just, they should on be by in a, a better threat. position, right? Yeah, definitely. Because December realistically, it's going to be below five hundred month. Uh, looking at yeah, it, yeah. Hopefully you know? they can. Hopefully they, they can stay at five hundred. But yeah, it's it's obviously it's going to be a tough one. Like the the only two quote unquote easy games, like there's no easy games, is at home against Ottawa, but that's on, on the second day of a back to back, and we just lost against Ottawa, and then at home against Detroit. But the two only two other home games against the Islanders and Colorado. Islanders not that great this year, but Colorado solid, and every other game is on the road. It's it's just it's it's gonna the December is by the end of I'm telling you by the time we get out of January we might already be telling talking about okay so what can we get for our rentals? <laughs> Hopefully that's not the case, but uh, I mean you know I think this is gonna be another huge week for them. They're, they're gonna have to bounce back. They got three home games. The next three uh, three games are at home, so they're gonna have to have to try to put last week in the rear view mirror as much as possible, and uh, and, and hopefully you know get. To, Start playing some good hockey again, but like, so do you think that they'll turn it around with the, with the roster that's there right now? I think they can. I mean, I think they do have a good team. Uh, I mean, you know, it, at the end of the day, they're good, they are what they are. They're they're a team that I think, at least in my opinion, are it. They're gonna like like last season. They're going to be the last day of the season. They're gonna be on the fridge of the playoffs. The fringe, not the fridge. The, the fridge. fringe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean. 
they've shown that they can play some bad hockey, or some really well. They've, shown, they've definitely showed this week they can play some bad hockey, but they can definitely play some good hockey as well. I mean, they've they've had a really good season. Obviously, the injuries to Byron and Dwayne definitely hurts them, hurts the depth. They don't have as much depth as you, as, as as you'd like them to have. But I mean, if if they can hopefully not be too affected by the by the Rangers' loss, if they can bounce back here, I, I mean, I definitely think they can string together some wins. December obviously is going to be a really tough month, but if they can hopefully stay so, around the five, so you wouldn't mark, make a move at all. But like, what's your goal for this? You're like, do you think they should be aiming for the playoffs, or do you think it's still a a, a growing year and whatever result we get is is great? I think that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. But I, I I don't know if most of the fans feel that. Way. I mean, <laughs> you you put a poll out today, and uh, it it was essentially. I mean, you could read it out. Whatever it was about. Yeah. Whether or not we should make a move, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's what you know. What should uh, Bergevin's priority be at this point? Um, so basically, what the I'm just trying to pull it up here. Okay, so after a rough week, what should Mark Bergevin's biggest priority be? So 56% of you of the people that voted said help on D, which I think is fair. Uh, after that, 26% sco- uh, said we needed a scoring winger, 9% a coaching change, and then 8% other. I probably should have put as one of the options uh, to stand pat because that's actually what some what, what some people did post. Um, so we, we also got a couple of other answers. We got a have statistician. Uh, so have a chamomile tea, hit the gym, and don't overreact. I think that's, I think that's fair. Uh, you got Etienne Ferland. His, uh, his priority is to stick to the plan. He, can, he can't panic and make bad moves, which I think is, is, is probably the best thing right there. I don't necessarily disagree, but let's talk about these potential moves, though. The, 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 the names out there uh, are generally Tyler Toffoli, who's obviously available, Shane Gossevier, who's been a healthy scratch. And then a lot of talk about Taylor Hall. I don't believe the Taylor Hall stuff no. at all. I just think it's a no. big name and they're, they're connecting the Canadians yeah, I can, to it. Yeah, I can't see that Because happening. it's just, like, there's no way the Canadians are willing to pay what, what it would cost to get Taylor Hall. And ridiculous it, price. And it doesn't make sense. That's not what the Canadians need. No. Like, that, that's, I mean, it's not that they couldn't use Taylor Hall, obviously. But I don't think that adding Taylor Hall would make the team defense much better. No. I mean, right. I mean, score a lot more goals probably, but uh. the the name that makes the most sense, like on paper, is Shane Gossesbeer. Yeah, and it's a name that we heard a lot during the off season, but now it's become more and more obvious that he's a liability in Philadelphia. I mean, I don't watch every Philly game, but he's healthy scratch sometimes and. Yeah, I mean, why? I mean, he's if he's a healthy scratch in Philadelphia, there's there's definitely got to be be a reason for that. And I mean, like you said, I, I mean, I don't watch a whole lot of Philly games either, unless they're playing the Canadians, basically. But I mean, why why are we gonna? What, how is a guy that's being scratched by the Flyers really gonna make a huge difference for the Canadians? I mean, maybe he needs a change of scenery. That's the thing, but, and he he's had some very solid offensive uh, offensive years in the past. Yeah, he definitely has. And here's the thing. If there is an opportunity to buy low on him, see then yeah. if then it could be if the Canadians can go get Shane Gostabier and not have to give up any any A level prospect, any of the the top five mm-hmm. prospects. If it all it costs is like a couple picks and maybe like meh prospect, you know maybe they want Charles Dudon. Who knows? They can have him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> they're going to be asking for a little bit more than Charles Dudon. But here's the thing: sure, he's having. Maybe a rough year right now. And you still had 37 points as a defenseman on what is an off year. But one year before that, 65 points as a defenseman. And mm. has he ever played with someone like Shea Weber? 
That's, That's true. Being able to play next to Shea Weber is something that could really help turn your career back around. Yeah, definitely. So, definitely. I mean, I'm obviously not willing to give a lot for Shane Gossier, and I, I agree with the idea that it's not the time to panic. I'm, I'm, I believe in, 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 the, in the rebuild because the Canadians are, have a great cupboard of young players, and I think they're on the right path. They have more coming up with Romanov and Cole Caulfield, the best goal scorer of all time, coming up. But if there's an opportunity here to get a guy on the cheap because yeah. their team is over it with them, I mean, we've got so many picks. Like yeah, I'll, no, I'll, 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 I'd give up a few picks and a whatever prospect. Like not a, it'd have to be like a B level prospect maybe. Like I don't know. Like who knows what people are offering. But if he's in healthy scratch, jump on the opportunity and who knows maybe it works and it turns the season around. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. I think if we can, if we could potentially get him on the on the cheap, then definitely that's that's a move that you'd have to consider. Ah. I mean, like you said, I mean, we do have a lot of a lot of picks. Um, I. If the cap space is not an issue. Yeah, so I mean, I yeah, obviously, you know, if, if maybe it would to. If maybe it was a second or maybe a second and a third, I think that's probably a move that I would make. But I mean, definitely, I mean, you got to figure if he's a healthy scratch right now on a regular basis, then you know the Flyers probably aren't, you know, wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be too opposed to the idea of moving him. And I mean, does it worry you? The one thing though, he still has four years on his contract. And that's it. How much? Four point five million. That's really that's not that bad. Exactly for like for a defenseman that's proven to be able to score in the NHL. Uh, I don't think it's that bad. And I think I think it's worth the risk. I mean, we used to play Alex Emlin four point one million. That's true. I mean, uh, uh, how old is 28? 26. 26. Even better. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think yeah, four point five definitely not a concern for me. Um, obviously, I mean, he's twenty six years old, so he hasn't even hit his prime yet. But I mean, definitely. Um, yeah, I, th- I think if we can, as, as long as we don't have to give up one of our big prospects to go get him, I think it's definitely a move, uh, a move that that you could make. Would more you move? So than, would you move Brook for him? Yes, you would move Brook for him. I, I'm not a huge Brook fan, because so I think you can. Get, I think you can yeah, get. Yeah, I, th- I think you definitely could. I think you can get. I, 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 I'm not against moving him. For I just don't think we need to. Yeah, maybe not. I think yeah. a second pick and a and a prospect below Brook on the depth chart. Yeah, could yeah, could, could pro- yeah, probably I think get maybe him. maybe a second and a third. You know, man, you could probably and I'd probably add in a, like whatever prospect too. Like I don't care. Yeah, I mean, we do have a lot of a lot of center prospects. Um, so I mean, if you know, if we had to move a guy like maybe Alan McShane or maybe even Jacob Olifson, um, yeah, I think I think that's a move that that could get done. Exactly, that's the type of move that I want to. That's the type of move that makes sense because it's not a move that's gonna cost a lot it's going to hurt the future uh, of the team but it's a move it's basically a, like low risk high reward like the, yeah. the biggest risk of this move is if he flops completely and it's just 4.5 million dying yeah, which on the, is nothing uh, which is not that big of a deal exactly and like the canadians have the cap space and the, but the thing is is too is that like i don't think dude i can't i'm having a hard time believe he'd be that bad like it's not like his mm-hmm. it's not like a call alzner where his issue is he couldn't skate anymore yeah no that's true i mean gus spear can skate yeah, I mean he can, he can definitely be a bit of a defensive liability, and that's why he has been a, a healthy scratch at times. But I mean, at the same time, he does offer some decent offensive potential. Exactly, and like the thing is, is that you add a puck moving defenseman on the back end. I mean, basically, like they they keep trying to to use Mike Riley in that role, and it keeps yeah. like as much as when we first saw Mike Riley, I thought there was potential there. I mean, I um, he has Ghost of Year has to be better than Mike Riley. Oh yeah, definitely. You I mean, know? The, yeah, the ship. I, mean, uh, I think it sailed on Mike Riley. I don't know why he's still in the lineup all the time, but uh, I definitely think Brett Kulak 
is uh, is definitely should be on, higher on the depth chart uh, than him, and that's actually what one of the uh, comments on our Twitter was. So uh, from David Gagne at Ricky Crew. So uh, oh no, sorry, it wasn't him that said. Uh, all right, well I get I'll get back to it. No, okay, yeah, no, it was Shlomoy, something like that. Just play good teams, first of all, is what the Canadians need, because obviously we play bad against bad teams yeah. and good against good teams. And in reality, I think Kulak is quite a bit better than Riley. I think every Canadians fan, everyone in the, in Hab in the Habs universe, aside from Claude Julien, thinks that. But uh, I mean, Riley hasn't played that much this year, but the thing that was surprising is that you look at the pairings at practice today, and he was back playing with Flurry. Unless he plans yeah. on playing Kulak and Foline against Boston. I mean, he might. I mean, cause he might want to play Foline against Boston because he's bigger. I mean, Fleury's pretty, pretty big too. But, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I, I don't get it with, like, like Kulak. I mean, his, I don't think he's insane. Like, But as a no, sixth defenseman, no. he, yeah. he, gets, he gets the job done. And Riley's a liability out there. Most yeah, of the Riley's definitely a, uh, he's definitely a liability on defense. I mean, Kulak has had some bad games. But I definitely think he's... He, there's been more positive than negatives with Kulak, which I definitely don't think you can say about Riley. So, I mean, didn't we have another question that was specifically about the defensive pairing? So, so a lot of people seem to be surprised that there hasn't been, like, as much as Julien has loved to move the, 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 the lineup around, it's almost looking like it's going to be a very similar lineup tomorrow against Boston. I mean, it might change still at practice tomorrow. But now, now you got Sherratt with Weber... Mete with Petrie, and then it's been Riley Fleury and Kulak Foline. I mean, we might just put Kulak back with Fleury. I don't get it. Yeah. So one of the one of the questions that we got on Twitter was from Kevin Rogers. So at ka rogers seventy seven. I see the D pairings today are the same as Saturday night. What do you guys think are the ideal pairing get pairings given the eight guys currently on the roster? I mean, I think I don't think there should be a like. The, there's two top pairings. I think. I think you should have Sherratt and Weber. And then Matei and Petrie playing basically even minutes. So if they can each play like maybe twenty two minutes a game, but like not necessarily together, I would say. Like one thing I, I really like that Julien's done is depending on the matchup, there's mm-hmm. games where Sherrod's playing with Weber, and there's games where Mete's playing with Weber, and it, it, it's worked. And like as long as you, you you make it, and they've all spent enough time together, they they, they can yeah. move around like that, and it seems to work. Well, Sherratt and Weber definitely worked last time uh, when they well when they played against Boston. Yeah, exactly. So, so you would you would expect the, yeah. the very similar uh, on defense uh, against Boston than what we saw. Definitely. So I mean, I don't think there's any doubt on who the top four defensemen are. No, obviously, on the team. To me, there's no doubt that Flurry's on. Yeah, Flurry should definitely should, should be in the top six there. as well. Yeah. Um, definitely. I mean, Foline. Uh, well, Foline's a. He's fine as a seven eight. I yeah, guess. exactly. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's got to be Kulak and Fleury. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for me, when Fleury's played with Kulak is when he's probably looked the best. I mean, and and Kulak is just not. Again, he's had some bad plays. You know, he can but be a liability at this point, sometime. But. At this point, if Kulak has a bad game and, and Julian wants him out, would you not rather maybe? Call up someone who's been doing well in Laval instead of Riley. You could, you could maybe do that. I mean, Riley. I don't, I don't know why he's still hanging. Around. No, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know because there are some good options in Laval. I mean, well, have you? Well, that's injured right now. But I mean, they do have Otto Liskinen. They do have um, uh, Gustav Olofsson. Could be those are two guys that could be options on the left side. Both, in my opinion, will probably be better options than Riley. But uh, but I, I don't know. I think Kulak is their best option at this point. As the as the third yeah. left. Yeah, I, third I, I I agree too. I mean, I, and I I feel exactly the same way. I don't know why 
Uh, we're playing musical chairs uh, with the bottom pairing so much. I mean, I like the moving around the top pairings because it's worked. It's not something you usually see. No. Where, but, but it's it's worked, and it seems that mm-hmm. the, the the tough part is is you got to make sure to to make the right choice versus the right opponent and all that. But uh, yeah, it's worked, and it, it makes sense. I mean, maybe against the faster teams, you don't want Sherrod Weber together. And, and what have you. I think it, for, for Julien, like his strategy makes a big difference uh, whether he's at home or on the road too mm-hmm. because he loves matching up lines yeah. and all that. So maybe he doesn't want Mete and Petrie playing together on the road because he can't kind of control where, where, where they're playing and who they're playing against and all that. So, I mean, it's... Uh, it's, that that's fine at the top end there. It's just the bottom end, Flurry and Kulak to, to me have to be there. And if, you, if you're not happy with that, I don't think Foline and Riley are the solution. No, no, definitely not. Definitely I, I, not. I'd give a shot to someone in the AHL before, yeah. before Riley especially. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then, uh, well, we also had one one other question. Uh, well, we kind of maybe touched on this a little bit already, but uh, so Habstatician. Uh, so who could be this year's Jeff Petrie? So a guy that we pick up who's never necessarily, necessarily not seen the playoffs or and falls in love with Montreal. So a guy that, you know, maybe a a guy that uh, that's, a, that's going to be a UFA that we can uh, get for the end of the season, uh, hopefully a playoff run, and maybe keep him, uh, have him re-sign. Um, so I think uh, I don't know if there's anyone if, right now. Like, yeah, there's no one that comes to mind. I mean, I think I think the best move for the Canadians, and we've already talked about, it, is Gostas Bear if we can get him on the cheap. Uh, there has been a lot of talk. I mean, Taylor, Taylor Hall. I don't think that's ever going to happen. The the one other guy. Well, I mean, named, the thing is, is it doesn't make sense. No, I'm not. I I'm not interested in moving a top level prospect. No, and you probably have to move multiple. Exactly. I mean, to get him. I, don't get me wrong. I'd love to have Taylor Hall in the Montreal Canadiens, but like for what it costs, and maybe it's just a year. And it just it just doesn't really make sense to me. And the thing is, is when the Canadians made the trade for Petrie, it was a move to for that year in the playoffs. They were in a different position. Yeah, no, definitely. This is the the, the the where the Canadians are right now. I don't think they're looking to make that type of move. The only reason Gossespierre is interesting to me is because you're buying them by buying oh, low. low. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, and the other name that that has been out there is uh, Tyler Toffoli. I mean. It, I don't know. I don't see it. Is he that much of an improvement over what we yeah, already have? Exactly. I, I I don't think that he is necessarily. He has, uh, I think twelve points so far this season. He had thirty four points last season. That's the type of guy you I mean, go get if you're someone who's like competing. You think you're going to be like a top team for the playoffs, and you just want to add more depth for the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, don't. I don't really see the point for the Canadians. I mean, I guess he fully. he'd be an improvement. You know, I mean, if he play if he were to play on the third line with Kakinemi, I guess he'd be an improvement over what they have now. It but depends. I mean, really, I mean, when Army is there, like a yeah, I mean, Army is Army is pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, what and what would you really have to give up for him? I mean, a guy I, like the you're probably give up like maybe a first. For for me, the focus it really is the as much as like a sniper would be huge for this team. Uh, I don't think this team is in a position to make that move. With a with with a, like a, a Taylor Hall to Foley, I don't think would improve the team that much. For me, it, it's really the defense needs to be improved, and I would take a chance on a guy to got like Goss Spear. It, it's really the only type of move that makes sense to me, and that it's not just a rental. If it and if it's not something like that, like like we've talked about, I'd be fine standing pat because I think that the team is going in the right direction. I just think a lot of fans kind of like view this team as more than what they are. They were a fringe team that, and and the thing that sucks is that like we're losing some like prime Carey Price years and some prime Shea Weber years. Uh, if it's not next year or the year after that, I mean we have to get to that point that it needs to change. But I think we're like one season ahead here. 
next offseason is really when then I'd be like, no, it, it's time to make the playoffs. Yeah, we just yeah, don't have the roster that. right now. I mean, I don't think it's this year, but but definitely, I mean, over the next year or two or three, definitely at this point, you know, they're they're going to have to maybe at that point make a move to, to to you know to get some better players. But you know, hopefully, the, these young guys are coming up. You know, some of them are already here, obviously, with Suzuki, Paling, you know, just in in Laval at the moment. But I mean, there's definitely a lot of a lot of help coming as well soon. Guys like Romanov, guys like Caulfield, guys like uh, Jordan Harris. Primo maybe at some point. So I mean, there's a lot of yeah. a lot of reasons to be happy, you know, to, to to be looking forward to the future of the Montreal Canadiens. But I mean, this year probably not going to happen. And you definitely the last thing that you want to do is make a panicky move and exactly, exactly. and trade away a top. So prospect. it's it's only the and and if if you call up Philadelphia and they're asking for a top prospect for Gossier, you just chuckle and hang up the phone. You know, it's not an it's not you're not going to make a panic move, but maybe Philly's going to make a panic move. So maybe jump on that. But anyways, we'll see what happens. I mean, it can't get much worse than uh, than what it was Saturday. I mean, like I said earlier, playing against Boston tomorrow is ideal because it's no matter what, it's going to be an emotional game. So uh, hopefully they bounce back there and, and, and we'll see what, what, what it goes from there. But I mean, I think the team is what we really thought they were going to be. It's just mm-hmm. they are what they are. They, 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 they outplayed for a bit. They, they over overperformed for a bit. Now they're going to come, come back to the mean and it, it kind of is what it is. But it's moving on. I mean... How, uh, how's the Rocket been doing lately? Well, so Rocket had uh, one win, one loss, one overtime loss this week. Um, so they started off on Wednesday against the Toronto Marlies. They lost 2-1 to one in a shootout. Um, so, I mean, they, the Rocket played pretty good in this game. Uh, I mean, against one of the best teams, or maybe even the best team in the they NHL. They just lost uh, their coach, though. Uh, that's true. The day of, actually. That's, <laughs> that's true. So uh, I was kind of hoping that maybe they would catch the Marlies a uh, little off guard, but uh, I mean, they, they played a really good game, but unfortunately they weren't able to get the win. Uh, Charlie Lingren had a pretty solid game, though the goal that he gave up in overtime wasn't too good. Would have liked to have it back. But anyway, they picked up a point. Uh, then they're playing two big games against the Utica Comets in Laval. Uh, you know, the game, basically the team is chasing them right now for the final playoff spot. So they were able to win on Friday 6-4. to Caden Primo didn't have his best game, obviously giving up four goals. Riley Barber, two goals and an assist. Jake Evans as well, a goal and an assist. So he's starting to heat up a little bit more. And then, unfortunately, on Saturday, they did lose to the Comets 4-2. to two. Uh, This was the teddy bear toss game. That's always always super exciting. <laughs> so David Sklinichka was the guy that scored the goal to uh, to set off the the blizzard of, uh, of teddy bears. Of teddy bears, yeah. And Riley Barber with another goal. So, I mean, uh, four points in his last two games, looking pretty good. Uh, maybe he could be the next call up. Who knows? Uh, you never, you never know. I mean, I mean, I, I feel like that signing was more of a trying to get the rocket to, to move up a, a notch. I mean, what worries me looking at the the the, the, the rocket you know, standings right now though is, I hate when the, the your team has the most games played. Yeah, it is kind of annoying. And, As you, you see know, them, they're in. La, I think they're in third place right now. Yeah, they're in third the place, rocket. but twenty one games played, and then Utica, who like you said, are who are the ones chasing chasing them, are only two points behind, but also have two games in hand. Syracuse Crunch are three points behind with three games in hand. So, I mean. They're they're not guaranteed anything as as of right now, but I mean it'd be great to see some playoff hockey in Laval this year. That's for sure. Definitely, it doesn't look well if Canadians keep playing the way they they are. We're not going to see it in Montreal. So exactly, uh, they got another week, uh, good week coming up here. So they're uh, in Belleville on Wednesday. So Belleville, not uh, well, they have heated up a little bit as of late, but uh, not off to the greatest start this season. 
then on Friday, they're playing in Syracuse. Obviously, one of the teams, as yeah. you just mentioned, is chasing uh, that's chasing the Rocket for the final playoff spot. And spring in Springfield on Saturday. So that'll be a tough game against the Thunderbirds, especially with Samuel Montembeau that just got sent down by the, by, by the Florida Panthers. It'll be a tough game for sure. All right, and then uh, any prospect minute news to talk about? Uh, so in prospect news, uh, Samuel Hood and Raphael Harvey Pinal continue uh, to be lights out for the Shikunami Saguenier. Well, well, the Sags, whatever. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Sags. Uh, aside from that, Cam Hillis is, uh, continues his great play. Uh, another news, well, one of the goal, well, the goalie that we drafted last year in the fifth round, uh, Danish netminder Frederick DeCal. Uh, to, um, so one of the guys on Twitter, uh, Patrick Bexell, I, I think his name is, he was uh, he had talked to the coach there in Malmo and, and uh, who said that it looks like he could be the backup goalie in the top league next year. Okay. So that's uh, that's interesting. It doesn't, it doesn't really have great numbers in the under-20 league this year, but uh, but that would be exciting. So uh, he, well, he actually has backed up for them a couple of two or three games I think this season, and uh, aside from that, just looking forward to the World Juniors. So it looks like uh, we're going to have quite a few players there. So obviously for the U.S. should be Jordan Harris and obviously Cole Caulfield. You think uh, Cole Caulfield made the team? I think so. Yeah, you think, I think so? so. I mean, he, I don't know. He's not scoring a lot of goals lately. I know, right? He started off so hot, and now it's uh, still, yeah. Yeah, he's probably just a good guy, you know. He's letting other people have. He's some. got a couple more assists. Did you lately, see his so. picture for the like the November, like showing off his mustache? Yeah, he didn't really have you, one. You can grow a better mustache. Than that. like, <laughs> that's saying a lot. Yeah, that is saying a lot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's about it for the prospect news. But um, yeah, looking forward to the World Juniors. All right, we'll have so, lots of guys there. Uh, so we'll definitely have more on the World Juniors when that comes. So we're actually going to take a week off next week because both Dustin and I are going to be in Punta Cana. So probably not watching too many. Too much hockey. <laughs> probably not. Uh, you know, probably more focus on, on the beach and the drinking. But uh, we'll be back in two weeks, and we'll have more to talk about. And hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully some this, good things to talk th- about. This game, this, this Ranger games will be far in the past. we distant memory, and the Canadians are sitting pretty in, the, in, in a playoff spot still. But not holding my breath, personally. <laughs> right. As always, crossed. As always, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at the Habs Forum. Uh, you can send us, send us some questions in the next two weeks if you want, and we'll, we'll answer some of them uh, in, in, in a couple of weeks. And uh, go rate us. Uh, go give us some reviews on uh, the iTunes, on the Play Store. Always helps us a ton. All right. Have a good one.